Welcome back to Just Crap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. In episode 48, we got a really good lineup ahead of you for ahead of UFC Vegas 35 and Jake Pollard's Tyron Woodley on Sunday. We're first joined up by Kevin Lee, who we talked to on Monday. Uh, he, if this is a lightweight fight, I doubt he do a uh, fight week interview, but easier cut for Kevin. We talked for the Brady fight. He told me once he got an opponent, we do another one. Stuck to his word, which is really good. But this is an intriguing match with Daniel Rodriguez. Kevin admits he didn't know much about D Rod, but he said. After looking into it, he knows it's going to be a really fan for a fan friendly fight. And with a win, he kind of knows he puts a stamp on it that he belongs in multiple division. He belongs and he should get a top guy next. Uh, next up, we're going to be joined by Anthony Taylor, who's actually boxing Tommy Fury on the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley card. Anthony Taylor, former Bellator veteran, fought the likes of James Gallagher. He's a guy that used to fight at 45, did some lightweight fights, but he's a guy that's gotten a lot bigger since then. And uh, Tommy Fury, though, is going to be a lot bigger. Tommy Fury's a guy that weighs around 200, 220 pounds. But he's the brother of Tyson Fury, but this is a big fight. Tommy Fury signed a two-fight deal with Showtime. The assumption is he gets past Anthony Taylor. He then fights Jake Paul. But uh, Anthony Taylor has been in that camp with Jake Paul. He's now back in California training with Antonio McKee, AJ McKee, Rampage Jackson, all those guys. And he knows he has what it takes to pull off a big upset and beat Tommy Fury. Then get a rematch in England is kind of what he thinks is going to happen. And after he beat Tommy Fury, he thinks the door is wide open for a, a fight in the UFC or return to Bellator. They're just big options. Uh, we're next going to be joined by Sam Alvey to preview his fight against Wellington Terman. Sam was very open. He kind of knows his do or die. It's what he's been saying for the past like three, four, three fights that he thought if he lost, he's going to get caught. But the UFC really likes Sam Alvey. They're giving him another fight. He knows, though, he absolutely has to win this one. He thinks it's a very winnable fight for him. And he likes the now that he's kind of had found a footing at middleweight. And he thinks this is the first uh, win of a good winning streak to get him into the middleweight rankings. We're then going to be joined by Brian Battle, who's part of the top 29 finale against Gilbert Urbina. Uh, Brian looked really good on tough coming off a submission win over Andre Petrowski in the show. He's looked very impressive. He's actually fighting his teammate in Gilbert Urbina on the show. They're both team Volkanovski. He's supposed to fight Treshawn Gore. Gore had a knee injury, but... Battle kind of thinks if once he beats Urbita becomes the tough 29 winner, he's going to rem- he's going to fight Gore down the line just because it's a fight that makes sense. They're supposed to fight in the finale. It, 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 we've seen that happen when Luis Pena couldn't make it to the end of the show. He ended up fighting the winner, uh, Mike Trezano. But really good chat with Brian. And we close things out talking to Andre Petrowski. He's the only other guy on tough to get a fight. He's fighting uh, Michael Gilmore, who, of course, was an alternate for the show after Miles Hunsinger pulled out. Uh, Michael stepped in, told Dana White he quit his job to stay in Las Vegas. Dana obviously really liked that. Gave him a UFC fight against Andre Petrowski, who's kind of been on the UFC radar. Had he beat Aaron Jeffrey in LFA in his last fight, he would have got a contender series of UFC deal. But really good chat with Andre. I appreciate you all for listening. Uh, thank you all for listening. Be sure to tune in uh, next week for another episode. And be sure to share the show, subscribe. And once again, thank yeah. you all for listening. All right, we're joined by UFC welterweight Kevin Lee, who fights on Saturday. Kevin, how's it going, man? Ah, it's all good. We obviously did an interview before he was supposed to fight Sean Brady. Then he, the fight gets pushed back to August. Then he has to get pulled out. Like at that point, I know I messaged you and you said basically you're going to take whoever they offer because you wanted to fight. Like how many people did kind of step up and ask to fight you? Um, we reached out to a lot of guys. Um, I say maybe 10 or 12 in total. Uh, only three guys were kind of like seriously on, on the, uh, on, on the docket um and even daniel rodriguez wasn't even one of them you know he was kind of somebody who came out of left field for me at least you know i guess he had made a, a little bit of noise on, on social media and stuff but uh i never saw it until they actually approached me with it um 
But, you know, it's it's. I think we picked the right one. I think the right guy stepped up. He's going to put on a good fight. So I'm happy with it. I am kind of surprised as the opponent because I thought you would have either got like a big name like a Mike Perry, which I know you said didn't want the fight, or a ranked guy. Like I thought those Blah Muhammad, Neil Magny callouts would have made perfect sense. But was that kind of just a thing that you wanted to fight on this date and they were kind of offering for different dates? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to fight on a date. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm the one that's a big name, you know. Um, I'll, I'll make Rodriguez's name after this. So, uh, you know, he, he, he'll he get a little bit of a shine and he'll get a little bit of a that, – that'll be his bonus for stepping up and actually wanting to fight. Um, even guys like Neil Magny, you know, I, I, I feel like I would have made Magny star a little bit bigger. Um, so, at the end of the day, it's, it's me that's the star and the rest of them is chasing it. So, um, I didn't care who I fought. How is the weight cut down to welterweight? Because – uh, before you were a lightweight, I don't really remember you doing too many fight week interviews because it was all about the weight cut. Yeah, this one's a whole lot smoother. Um, I, I'm just a lot more dialed in to the actual fight. Uh, that, that That's the most important, especially against a guy like Rodriguez. Like He's going to show up and he's going to try and make it a bloody, like drag him out fight. So that's where all my focus is. I, I only have 11 pounds to cut. Um, that's nothing compared to a 26, 27 pound cut about the same time. So um the the weight cut is is a whole, definitely a whole lot better oh when they kind of finalized uh rodriguez as your opponent like how much did you know about him if at all i didn't know much um to be honest with you you know i i went back start watching his fights i remember the tattoo you know yeah. i kind of remember the tattoo real real good um and i didn't really like his chest and 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 upper trap area i kind of remembered that um, but when then I, I had to actually sit back and, and actually watch the fights. Um, and, and a couple people called me, like a couple people that, that I actually know from the streets and stuff. Um, you know, I, I got a couple of like friends and stuff in prison and, and they would call me like, oh, you getting ready to fight D-Rod. Like they had heard of this dude. So um, that, that, that made it like a little bit more of a solidified fight for me um, and not just fighting somebody just for the sake of it. Oh, what's kind of crazy about this is He's like uh, six foot one, so he has a bit of a height advantage. But you actually have the reach advantage, which is kind of odd. Like, do you kind of think, like, it just shows that you're kind of that welterweight frame? Like, do you think this is the fight where you're kind of should finally prove that you are the same strength, the same size, a lot of these welterweights? Yeah, that that is one of the the benefits of this one is um he's a full size welterweight. Uh, you know, he's he's over my height and over my weight. So um, you know, with Sean Brady, it was a little more even. This one, uh, he's, he's a full size, so it'll make it a, for um, a better comparison against me against other these other welterweights. But I think he's going to be really surprised when I step in there and, and how big I actually am and uh, the the amount of weight that I can move around and how strong I'm going to be. I know you still got a couple weeks to prepare for uh, D-Rod, but like, how much did change for training camp? So you're preparing for a, a high-level wrestler and yeah. Sean Brady, a D-Rod who kind of likes to go out and stand and bang. Yes, it's a whole different style that you got to fight against. Um, so we, we had to change up some things, um, different training partners. You know, he, he's southpaw, uh, really good boxer, and uh, really good basics with his boxing too. So you, you got you to gotta, uh, prepare for that, you know. Um, so some, some things changed up, but, you know, he's taking this fight on, on three weeks' notice as well. So I think I can uh, adjust his style a whole lot more than he can adjust to mine. It's going to be very hard for him to uh, combat everything I have to bring to the table in three weeks. Oh, what is kind of training like? Because I know when we talked before the Brady fight, like 
it, you couldn't go to Montreal. Like I'm up in Canada. I know it's kind of hard to get across the border. So yeah. is it just all been in Vegas still? Yeah, it's all been in Vegas. Um, and just, uh, you know, over video and stuff like that with, uh, with Faraz, um, he'll be in my corner for the fight. Um, yeah, but it's, it's all been in Vegas and which has been good. He, he's been training here. Um, so I know a lot of guys that, that know him personally and uh, know his style and, and that helps a little bit. Well, what will the corner be for you? Um, I, I'm going with uh, Faraz Ahabi, um, my longtime trainer, Dewey Cooper, and uh, a guy I've been working with for years, uh, Eddie Barocco, who's kind of been a guy behind the scenes. Uh, this fight, like, how much pressure is on you? Just because you're kind of this big name, D-Rod isn't well-known. Like, I think a lot of people are kind of expect you to go and win. And then, plus, it's your first fight since, like, the double knee surgery, like, and you're trying to get yeah. back in the win column. Yes, it's, it's some pressure, but I feel like uh, that's what's going to make me, you know? That's what makes me rise to it. I've, I've been in huge events before, um, big events. I've made big events before, so... Uh, mm -hmm. This is just another one of that. It's it's a different um, it's different circumstances surrounding the fight. I think a lot of people are counting me out. I think a lot of people are overlooking me. Um, but to me, it's it's I'm, I'm gonna make history with this one. You know, no, nobody's ever came back from double knee surgery in 12 months and uh, competed at this level. So to me, this this is all history, and, and I'm I'm here to show down the best in the world. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out? Because Rodriguez is a very durable guy. Like he's never been finished neither of his losses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna beat him bell to bell. I'm gonna beat his ass. That, that's that that that's all. Uh, that's all anybody needs to know. I think uh, I, I bring way more skills to the table. I think I have way more uh, ways to win the fight. So um, at the end of the day, the more the more well-rounded fighter will will win. Um, we both got heart. We both got, we both got, you know, that grit and that, that kind of want to get after it. So, you know, I don't, I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how this works out. But I think skills win. I was looking, and I think this is what your like second three round fight of the past like eight or nine. Like you've had a lot yeah. of main events. Like, well, what's that kind of like now? Only having to go three rounds, you can push a pretty hard pace. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little different. Um, the pace is going to be intense. Uh, I, I don't think he's ready for that that level of pace. Because I can shrink what I've been doing in, in four and five rounds down into three. Um, and it's going to be very, very hard to beat me in a three-round fight. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be intense. It's, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that part of it. Uh, before I fought or after I fought uh, Gillespie, I even said I didn't want to, uh, to go up to a main event status yet. And I didn't want to fight at a world champion level. And my next fight, I, I fought a world champion. Um, so, you know, and I, I, I'm – more than prepare for this one. More than prepare. What do you think a win over uh, Rodriguez does for you and puts you in the welterweight division? Just because you are ranked a lightweight, like you're a big name, even though D Rod's not ranked, like I assume a ranked guy would probably be next. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel I'm already top five in this division. Um, when you look at skill for skill, and that's what it's going to show after this fight. It's going to show a, a, a level difference. Do you already have a call out in mind? You're someone that likes to call out some people. Come on, you know I gotta save some stuff for TV. If you want to know that, uh, watch on ESPN. You know it's it's this is a big fight for me. It's a big fight, so that that's where all my focus is, and uh, I'm I'm gonna lead that for for after the fight. You know it's live on ESPN, baby. Uh, are you hoping get one more in this year, just because this is your first fight of the year, and try to be active? 
yeah, I, I would like at least one more this year. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm hitting a good stride. I, I see why so many people uh, do so well after coming off a of surgery. Is uh, I, I feel in better shape. I feel my my stride is better. My my routine is better. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like at least one more and and not break that cycle for sure. When you first moved up to Wildway, like you were kind of always hinting about a move back to lightweight. Now that you're kind of fully focused on welterweight like do you think that's only gonna help you out and make you like that full-size welterweight because before like when you fight rda like you, i remember talking to you you didn't want to get too big because you always yeah. thought it moved back down to lightweight yeah yeah and 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 i thought about it halfway through the fight too um that this isn't my right rate weight class um there there's a couple things that come up even even before that fight uh, i was already thinking I'm, I'm going back down um now that i've made the the decision to uh it's it's allowed me to put on that size and and really just grow into the frame. You know, I, I think uh, some of, uh, of our body size and, and everything comes from our mental too. So um, I, I feel like my body size and strength has really grown into a, to a full welterweight. Uh, just a couple more things. Do you think that Mike Perry fight ever happens? Or do you think he win this when you're probably too far ahead of him? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it might happen. But uh, at this point, since, since he didn't want it, um, or even put up, you know, any type of uh, uh, interest towards the fight, then, you know, I, I'm not going to give it to him no more. I mean, if he want to fight, he can see me. Uh, with, that, that, that fight's a little more personal than anything. So, you know, he, he claims he's from Michigan and all this and, and Flint. So, um, you know, all my people out there, all, all my cousins and stuff, we don't we don't recognize the dude. So if he see me, then maybe we might fight. But um, And I'll take the money out of his pocket. But we... we I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that. We'll see if he can if he can put together a win or two, or even next. Whatever. I, I'll do it. But we'll see. What are your thoughts on the welterweight division? Because you look at Usman, like he's kind of just running through everyone. Like he's kind of running out of options. Like he's already getting to territory. He has to rematch a lot of guys. But uh, coming up, like you have like Luke's up there. Like there's still it's a still very deep division. Yeah, that that's what that's what uh, excites me about this. It's. Um, it's a wide open division, I think. You know, you, you got the guy at the top. Usman's no joke. Um, I think right now he's number one pound for pound, so he's going to be the guy that I chase. But be, beyond that, he needs challengers. And uh, I feel like there's nobody else in, in this weight class that has my style that can take it to him. So um, I, I'm excited to put together a few wins and, and show that I'm the guy to beat him. Do you think he beats Colby? Yeah, I think he beats Colby. It's going to be a harder fight. It's gonna be a harder fight than the than the than the one before. Um, he's gonna to have to show some new wrinkles in his game. I don't think he can keep relying on um, the, the the same old same old. Um, so yeah, I think he beats him, but he's gonna show some new stuff. Uh, not even because I'm just talking to you. I think like Colby yourself, you're probably like the two toughest matchups just because you need to be able to have that same wrestling just to match Usman. Because if you're like we saw with Mazov, if you're just a really good striker, like. He'll just take you down, and then you're so yeah. scared of the takedowns, and his striking is a lot better. But I think that's kind of the style. Like, how do you think you kind of match up against Usman? Yeah, I feel like you at least have to have the threat of the takedown. Um, being underneath somebody like me is is a nightmare, and you know he he's gonna know that. You know, it, it, Masvidal isn't a threat of a takedown. Um, Kobe is, but Kobe more so pushes you up against the fence uh, and just kind of wears on you and wears on you and wears on you. It's, it's even a different style than what I bring. Um, I, I think my jiu-jitsu is, is a lot more complete than a lot of those guys. 
Um, the last guy I say that he he had that threat against was RDA, um, but he was just a better wrestler than it. So uh, I, I bring a lot of things to the table that he's never seen before. And, you know, people pe- people on the outside don't really recognize that, you know. It's it's one of the things about Khabib that, that people are just now starting to see. Like, people just now, I'm starting to hear, like, some little – okay, maybe this dude wasn't as good as we thought he was. And I've been saying it the whole time. He, he never really fought somebody who had that wrestling threat. And uh, I think Masvidal or, or Usman needs that too in his career. And I'm here for it. Uh, just last thing I want to ask you about is, I know you trained GSP when you are up in Montreal. What do you think of that whole thing when he was possibly going to come back to box De La Hoya? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember hearing about that when he told me. And uh, I, I like that fight. I did like it, but... You know, I, I guess the UFC just don't want to work with De La Hoya at all or, or use anybody that the UFC has built against them. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, the, the fight isn't happening, so I don't really have much uh, much say to it. But um, it kind of sucks that we don't get to see that fight. You, you would have saw two legends. Um, and, and it kind of sucks that they have that much power over us. All right. Well, Kevin, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for doing this. Always. All right, we're joined by former Bellator fighter and now professional boxer Anthony Taylor. Anthony, how's it going, man? I mean, I'm doing great. I feel great. I look great. I am date great. I'm the great. Just a kind of a wild kind of past, like almost past, like six months, really. Like not even six months. Probably what since like March when Jake Paul flies you down to spar him, like. Did you ever think it would get to this point where now you and Jake are good training partners and he's the one that brings this fight on? <laughs> Man, uh, I manifested this day because I knew I was like, okay, if I fly out to Miami in March, April, and I put on a show in the sparring session, maybe he want to invite me over for his next camp if he has another fight, which I impressed coaches, I impressed Jake and his team. And look, they brought me back on. Um, for the Tyron Woolley fight to help him get ready for that fight as his main sparring partner. And this Tommy Fury fight kind of came out of nowhere. Like, Tommy's a guy that uh, everyone was kind of waiting for him to make his big U.S. debut. That's a lot of big thing for the English fighters. And he's been calling out Jake. Then he signs with Showtime, a two-fight deal. And you're his first fight. Like, what kind of went through your head when you found out you'd be fighting him? Man, like, you know, when I canceled my two professional uh, other fights in MMA, Jake was like, hey, I have an opportunity that I want you to have. I'm like, what's going on? You heard of Tommy Fury? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I want you to fight this guy. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. You've done so good in my camp, and I'm just amazed how good of a boxer you are and how you're able to help me out. I want to give you an opportunity to change your life. Take on this fight. Beat Tommy Fury so you can stop saying my name. I don't care who this guy is. Beat him for me. You know, and that's the opportunity that I have, Cole. Like, I have the opportunity to shock the world, change the world. And I got ambition, not like his opponents that he's fought. No ambition and doesn't fight back. And you look at who you fought. Like, some people uh, look at your record. It's a lot more impressive now, 7-5, and five, especially just the way you started your MMA career. But you look at the guys you fought, James Gallagher, Adam Borix, like Dean Barry's like, uh, one of McGregor's guys, hyped up guy. Like you fought a lot of tough guys early on in your career. Like how much do you think that's gonna help you prepare for this moment where you're really Tommy Fury's first real test? Like you look at who he's fought. It's a lot of guys that have like they're like one in thirty. They're he's fighting. Yeah, I mean, 
you, you have to look at Tommy Fury. Like, how do you go four rounds with a guy who's 10 wins and 126 losses? Then your second fight, 0 and, 0 and 26. Then your third fight, 2 and 26, 0 and 11, 0 and 9. He was supposed to fight a guy who was 0 and 14. But he took criticism, so they had to find a guy on a two-day notice who wasn't even in shape to fight Tommy. And it's like, yo, you're fighting a guy who actually wins now. You're not fighting no tin can, no bum. You know, just because I fought MMA, don't make you think you're just going to steamroll over me. You know, it doesn't work like that, buddy. I'm more experienced in the combat session. You're only 22 years old. You, you you haven't even broken into your to your baby bones yet when it comes to the fighting scene. You're just fighting these journeymen who get paid to fight. It, you've kind of fought like all over the world, two different weight classes. I know you're more mostly like Tommy's going to be a bit bigger. What weight class is this at? This is at 180. It's technically a light heavyweight, 175, but they just want to you know to promote it. As cruiserweight, so we did a catch weight at 180. So Tommy cannot go over 180 pounds, which is good for me because Tommy probably walks around 210, 220. He got to lose the 40 pounds. You know, I'm just losing five pounds for this fight because I walk around between 190 and 185 naturally. And a lot of people criticize me. Oh, well, he fought at 145. He fought at 155. Well, people don't know how much weight I got to drop. You know, people criticize me of my height. Oh, you're 5'7". Well, Tommy's only five inch taller than me. And everybody in Bellator and in my whole MMA career, they were 5'11", 6 feet. What's the difference? With Tommy, too, like, do you not think him cutting all that extra weight and you just fighting at your natural weight, like, it's going to be a big cardio difference if you can bring this to the later rounds? Like, you're going to be the one putting the pace on? Oh, absolutely. You know, Tommy, Tommy mindset is this. I go to Cleveland, I face off with Jake Paul. I'm like, hello, buddy, you got to fight that night. You're forgetting, like, just don't, like, put me on the back burner and forget that you're fighting me. And he's underestimating me. The whole boxing community is underestimating, underestimating me. The only people who actually care is the MMA community. They're like, yo, this guy's never fought nobody. He's fought bumps. You know, he has a tough fight. Even Jake says, Jake already know I'm going to beat this guy by unanimous or split. I'm going to beat Tommy Ferry. It's nothing that I've seen from that from that Tommy Ferry guy that I've seen in any boxer. Like for Christ's sake, I spar with Rampage, four ounce gloves. <laughs> you know, how you gonna tell me this guy, you know, is going to beat me? You know, he just thinks he's going to flatline me in ten seconds. It's just not gonna happen. And and with Tommy Fury too, like you take his last name out of the way or Tyson never bringing him up, and he wouldn't have gotten this big spotlight at all. Right, no, absolutely. Like, we've never even heard of Tommy until Tyson even brought his name up. It's like, bro, if your brother really cared about you, he would have promoted you on your very first fight. Hey, my little brother is making his pro debut against a guy who's 10 wins and 126 losses. Come on, man. Like, you're not even a prospect. You say, I have 7 to 10 amateur fights. Come on, bro. Anybody can have 7 to 20 amateur fights at the age of 5. Doesn't mean you're a prospect. You know, you haven't fought nobody. Those guys are paid to lose. And if they win, they're not, they're going to be blacklisted in the community of, of boxing. You know, Tommy is fighting his first real fight. And I'm not about to lose. I'm taking this opportunity to the max. I'm going to beat this kid. And if he ever wants a rematch, I'm willing to give it to him in England, beat him up in front of his whole family, and prove a point that, hey, I'm a better boxer than you. 
and they're like 70 pounds bigger, way, way more than me. How I kind of think this fight could go, like, I just want to hear your thoughts on it. I think Tommy, like you mentioned, totally overlooking you. He thinks he's going to Cleveland. I'm going to whoop this guy in the first or second round. Jake Paul beats Woodley. We're going to face off. That fight's going to happen later this year. I wouldn't be surprised if third round hits, you're still there, and Tommy's already gassed himself out because he went for the quick knockout, and he's like, oh, shit, now I got to go another three rounds, and then you just kind of bring it on in those final three. That's kind of how I see it playing out. I, I, absolutely. You know, he, he doesn't train with killers. He doesn't spar with his brother. Why would he want? To, why would he spar with, with Tyson? Tyson's not going to get him better. Tyson is sparring with the best of the best. This could be sparring with a couple guys. Look, look, I've been, I've been sparring all my career. My discipline in mixed martial arts is boxing, wrestling. Whenever I have a fight camp, I go to professional boxing gyms and I spar with guys who are six feet because all my opponents are six feet, five eleven, either one of the, either or. You know, um, you know, I got AJ McKee in my corner. You know, he's helping me out with my striking tremendously. I got Baby Slice, I got Rampage. You know, I, I got much more fighters, not just, not just, you know, MMA fighters. There's also boxers that I work with, like Kareem Mayfield. A lot of these experienced guys that I've worked with. And a lot of people are just overlooking me because I'm an old one pro. Like, they don't know what I went through in 2017. I went through a dark time in 2017. I'm on a 5-5 five, five win streak in MMA. And I'm here to prove a point. I'm not here to prove a point to just Tommy. I'm here to prove a point to Showtime. I'm here to prove a point to Bellator. I'm here to prove a point to UFC, PFL, to everybody in the world. Like, hey, MMA fighters can also box too. Hey, is this just a one fight deal with Showtime? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, if I win this fight, most likely the MMA community might not see me in two years. But if I win this fight, which I know I will, you know, who knows if Tommy wants a rematch? But if he does want a rematch, I'll be willing to give him a rematch and beat him. You know, definitely. How do you see yourself getting your hand raised? Because, like we mentioned, we haven't seen his cardio go six rounds, and especially with that big weight cut. Like, do you think he can get that late stop, or do you think it's more like going to be a decision? Man, the, the, he's not. Look, it's going to be either a TKO in the third round or the second, or I win by unanimous decision. I'm too quick for him. I have power like a heavyweight, and a lot of people don't know that. If you if you see my fights on in, in all MMA, if you notice, all my opponents are damaged in the face. You know, I move around a lot. I have great cardio. There's nothing that he's going to do that I haven't seen. Like, he, he's not special. The only thing he carries is just the last name Fury. That's the only thing. That's the only thing is special. You know, I see this fight being dominated by me, and overwhelming him with power and speed. People's gonna say what they want to say about me. Let them. But they've been doing that my whole career. You know, I've been. I'm on a five-five win streak. People say I couldn't go to Ireland and beat Dean Barry. People say I, can't, I couldn't go to England and beat Mike Hells, who was 5-0. People say I want to be able to beat Chris Avila, who's, who's Nate Diaz's boy, who was in the UFC. People doubted me all the time, and I've stated it all in my posts. I'm going to shock the world in all five of my posts. Look where I'm at. I'm in a better position now. Uh, are you back in California finishing up the last train camp or are you going to go back down to Puerto Rico? Oh, no, I'm back. I just got back from Puerto Rico uh, two days ago. You know, I'm back with Antonio McKee and AJ. We're going to be finishing up. We're going to be uh, going to Jack Rabbit Boxing Gym to finish up the camp. You know, um, pretty much 
is what it is. I'm I'm getting my cardio up. I'm working on form. I'm pretty much in shape. I'm ready to go six rounds right now. If they say, hey, get in. I got my medicals done. I'm ready to go. I got my team. We're ready to go right now, Cole. It's just you're just giving me three more weeks to fine-tune my skills. And I think it's fair to say this is the biggest fight of your life. Like I think you win this. Big boxing fights happen. I think the UFC would be interested. Bellator would obviously be interested in bringing backs. So like, how much do you think? Like, looking like you get your hand raised. Like, what's the future? I don't think it could be any brighter for you once you get your hand hey, raised. Hey, this could be a future where me, me and Adonis Creed fight. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, Paul, uh, Creed three, Creed four. You know, this can be a future. This opens up doors, not just in the combat, but also entertainment purposes. Because I tell people, hey, I'm not a fighter. I'm an entertainer. Yep. You know, I, an entertainer does it all. Act, model, fight, you know, everything. You know, hopefully Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan is watching this fight because, look, I'm the real Donis Creed. I'm I'm a Donis Creed fighting pretty Ricky Callahan from England who is this underdog fighting this superstar in England. You know, I'm the real Donis Creed. This is a real-life Rocky movie right here. The underdog fighting this big brute slash Ivan Drago's son or something. You know, I'm going to take advantage of that. And a lot of these, and the the whole world is going to see how how good I really am. And, you know, I have nothing to prove to nobody because I've been doing, I've been in the combat sports for so long. You know, all I got to prove is myself to prove myself like, hey, I'm a good fighter. Go out there and do what you got to do. Have you seen the batting lines for your fight? I have. I've seen one, but what, 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 what's the odds? He is minus 1300. You're plus 710, which I think are crazy. I think they're stupid because, hey, look. I've been I've been I've been an underdog my whole career yeah. since I got into Bellator. It doesn't phase me. You know, look, I'm not being the one being pressured. Everything is on him. He's coming to America. Everybody's expecting him to win. His family's like, if you don't beat this guy, give up boxing. Because you can't beat a a one forty five pounder MMA fighter. You're a disgrace. There's no pressure on me. I've been in this field for a long time. I've fought in Ireland. I've fought in Budapest. I've fought in England. Like, I go to people's backyard, and I pull it out the hat. I'm just good at what I do. I talk crap, and I lay it down. Uh, just a couple more things. Like, working with Jake Paul, what's that been like? Because I think, personally, I think he gets a lot of crap just because people think, oh, he's a YouTuber. But for three years or more, this guy just put everything into boxing. Like, he doesn't do YouTube anymore. He's a professional boxer now and i and i think it's like people are going to start to realize he's not even a youtuber he's a boxer now cole this guy dedicates literally three years as if he's been doing it for six and a half seven years the guy trains six days a week i'm with him every single day training he trains six days a week he trains three times a day six hours out the day the guy puts in his work. He puts in his crap. Only time he's on YouTube is, is when they're uploading, you know, the, the the daily videos that he's going through. That's the only time he's putting things on video, on YouTube. The guy is, is an amazing striker, boxer, I would say. The guy has great footwork, good head speed, I mean, head movements, good hand speed. The guy just knows how to put it together. He's a natural athlete. 
I mean, anybody who dedicates themselves to three years to boxing, three times a day, you're going to see results. And Jake is one of those guys where you're going to see results. And Cole, don't be surprised if you see him fight Canelo in three years. Don't be surprised. Jake is a bona fide star in boxing. He's a top 10 talk in boxing right now. Mm-hmm. You name me 10 guys in boxing without saying Jake Paul. You can't even call him out. You got Canelo. You got you got Tyson, Deontay, you know, Javante. You know, you have um, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney. Of course, you're going to put Jake Paul in that top 10 of conversations in boxing. I'm going to be that guy too, MMA and boxing. I'm going to be a top 10 guy people talk about in MMA and boxing. Because I can do it both. Look, what 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 Jake talks about fighter pay and all that, I mean, that's good. People can understand the difference mm-hmm. of money in organizations, you know, because he sees it. He, you know, he sees the opportunity he wants people to shine and grow. Whatever he does with Dana White, that's on him. I'm not in the UFC, so I can't speak on that because I don't know what the people in the UFC go go through. I don't know their 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 contract structure. So I don't speak on fighters pay because I'm not in that position. I'm here trying to be employed, you know, but so far I can do is talk about Showtime because I'm fighting on Showtime and just know I'm going to put on one hell of a show. And I guarantee you, Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone is going to be there watching me like, yo, that's the guy. That's the guy right there. With this fight too, like just like you mentioned, I have a lot of friends, like just casual combat sport fans. They'll text me to watch my house, like for McGregor, Masvidal, Adesanya, like Tyson Fury, Wilder, and Jake Paul. Anytime Jake Paul fights, they're texting me to come watch because, like, that's how much he's already like captivated that audience. But with Jake Paul too, like, I know we're both MMA guys. I think this is probably my first prediction out loud. I think he knocks out Woody in like the first or second. I think. I think Woody's probably just going to overlook him. I think he's just going to kind of just rush him in. I think Jake Paul is a really good technical boxer and has a lot of power. Like, how do you kind of see that fight playing out? Uh, you know, it can either go two ways. Unanimous decision or fourth round TKO. Um, depending on card, you know, Woody Cardio is not the best when it comes to striking. I see Jake winning by TKO in the fourth round. Now, me and Woody, yeah, we have the same striking coach, Antonio McKee, for years. You know, I personally don't know Woodley. You know, I've never trained with the guy. never met the guy, you know. But I can tell you I do know Jake. I've lived with the guy. I trained with the guy. I ate with him and his team and his family. You know, I can tell you about his skill set. He's going to win. Hands down. The man puts in that work and that dedication what he does. And this guy's taking care of me. I'm going to tell you something, right? A lot of people don't know. I've been paid more money being in this training camp, sparring with Jake, than I did combined in MMA for the past six years. Oh, that's crazy. That's, bro. And I fought for Bellator five times. Yeah. Five times. Because, and I've been paid more in three months training with Jake than I did in my whole entire career. And he also set up the big paint. I assume you're getting through with this fight, too. Man, look. They, hey, you manifest these things, good things is going to come and happen. Like, like, not too long ago, I used to idolize, like, uh, D.C. And in 2019, I was training and sparring with D.C. 
like crazy. And I got the picture and everything. And, you know, I don't know if he remembers that. But, man, I remember him saying, like, yo, I'm sparring with him. Yo, what weight class you are you? Yes, sir. I was like, oh, 145. He's like, man, you hit like a truck. And we started laughing, you know. And then, you know, John Finch was like, hey, I want you in my camp. You're strong. Come in my camp with me. You know, I manifest these things because I got a good heart and I work hard. You know, you can't cut corners in MMA and boxing. I mean, you can in boxing, and yeah. look where Tommy Fury's at. <laughs> you know, he cut those corners six and zero oh with those those opponents. You can cut corners in boxing, but eventually it's going to catch up to you. And that's the thing too, which I don't get with Jake Paul is so many people knock him. They're like, "Oh, he's fighting Ben Askren, or he's fighting Nate Robinson." Look at Canelo Alvarez, Mike Tyson. Any boxer's first ten fights, it's guys that are like zero and four, zero and five. Jake Paul is fighting better people in his first three fights than most of the boxing champions have fought in their first like 15 fights. Right. No, absolutely. You know, you, 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 Jake has done a tremendous job. Him and his team has done a very good job on their opponents. You know, it's, it's not my fault. A lot of these MMA fighters want to fight him. It's not my fault. Mm-hmm. You don't hear professional boxers talking bad about Jake. Oh, but Jake sucks. He's he's so you name one boxer who criticized Jake saying he's bad for the sport. He's not a good fighter. None. It's all MMA fighters. So if you guys got something to prove, it's not like he's fighting a top 20 UFC fighter who just signed to the UFC with a record of 10 wins and seven losses. It's not he, he's fought champions in the UFC. Guys who are very well known. You know, he's not fighting bums. You know, he's fighting guys who are well-established in the MMA community. You know, it's not my fault that boxers are not calling him out. They're giving him his props. They do. Make your money, young fella. You working hard. We see it. A lot of these MMA fighters are just thinking, oh, he's a YouTuber. I see a look, Cole. I see a lot of these MMA fighters and boxers coming to Jake Paul camp as foreign partners. A lot of them talk crap. He's a YouTuber. And this is my reaction when I see it. You just got beat up, buddy, by Jake. Ooh. You know, I can't speak on that, but I'm just saying, like, I see it happen. You know, Jake Jake is doing a tremendous job. And he wants to be a champion. As long as he keeps doing what he's doing, he'll become a champion. When you believe in yourself and you put in that hard work to believe in yourself, those dreams will come true. Mine's uh-huh. ass. Uh, just last question. You kind of brought him up a couple times. AJ McKee, seeing him win the Bellator title, like, what was that? Like, I thought he would beat Pitbull. I didn't think he would run through him like that quickly. <laughs> I knew that AJ was going to beat him in the first round because I see I see the drive that AJ has. Like, me and AJ, we, we were amateurs together. We started, we turned pro together. You know, not on the same car, but different car, but we turned pro together. And I've been... I've been AJ's smart partner for like six years now. Me and Pitbull are the same height. We have the same breach. Who do you think has been AJ's main sparring partner at 145 this whole time? Me. Yeah. So we've been we've been really consistent on that. We Every time I would spar AJ, I would get him to say, I'm Pitbull. Come take my belt. And he, AJ just turn up. Okay, turn up, turn up. AJ has done a really good job. But first of all, let's give credit to Antonio McKee. Yeah for turning AJ into a monster and the way he handles everything, the press, the media, the way he handles it and how he handles his son. You know, he's done a fine job with AJ McKee. And AJ has done a really good job in handling all everything, the media itself. 
he's articulating a lot of things. And people are like, hey, this is an educated fighter. You know, AJ is growing, he's learning, and he's, you can never stop learning in martial arts. They will always forever be teaching in martial arts. And AJ's a baby in it. We're all babies in this game. You know, AJ's done a really good job. And I already knew he was going to take a pit bull because AJ finished fast and he ends fast. There's no, there's no stopping with AJ. AJ comes and goes and he's ready. And he just done a really good job with AJ for this fight camp. The way he, the way he had his sparring partners, you know, and the way he handles things, you know, slices is getting better. Slice got a fight coming up. Joey's getting better. We don't know when, when Joey's fight is, but, you know, Raja, who's Rampage's son, he's getting better. You know, we have a lot of people. Josh Jones, who's up and coming in Bellator. Then we have Gabe Green, who's in the UFC. Antonio does really good with the fighters, and he's done really well with AJ. And AJ's been a team captain who's been, who's been you know, captain of the boat, leading us all. Egging the song, like, hey, let's work hard together. And that's where we get our intentions from, is AJ and Antonio. All right, well, Anthony, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Cole. Thank you. Yeah, uh, August 29th, people got to tune in. Showtime. Yes, showtime, baby. Let's get it. All right, we're joined by UFC middleweight still, Sam Elvey. Sam, how's it going? Oh, doing wonderful, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh you're supposed to fight, obviously, uh, that July 31st card. Your opponent can't uh, – these issues, like, were you hoping to stay on that card or was it always they were going to move you to a different date? No, I good. I, I wanted to fight then. I did. And uh, I just they couldn't find anyone that was willing to take a fight on a week's notice, which I, I can't blame anyone. Uh, I'm the only guy in the UFC that takes week notice fights. Uh, uh, but, uh, no, they moved me as close as they could get me, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one now too. Uh, something I have to bring up. Uh, this in past like three interviews that we've done, you've kept on mentioning this is do or die for my UFC career. Like, oh, are goodness. you still? Are you still like? Are you surprised that you are getting one more? Yes, uh, surprised. Thankful is a better better word for it. I, I am so incredibly thankful and blessed that the UFC uh, the UFC wants to give me that this this lash. I couldn't imagine going even. I couldn't imagine being where I am right now, but let alone getting one more chance. Uh, they see something in me. I, I mean. Of my last six non-wins, they've all been great. Uh, they, they've all been fire. My, my last fight was fight of the night even, and I, I think that helped quite a bit. I, I also think the draw against Jung, I think most people, including myself, I thought you won that. I think maybe the UFC is looking at maybe you won that fight. So it's only, uh, what, one loss in a row then? Yeah, and, you know, so I lost my last one. Dalton Young, that one was I, – I got robbed on that one. And then the one before that against uh, Ryan Spann, even that one, I yep. I watched it. I think I won. It was closer. Uh, I, I, I don't make a big stink about that one, but uh, I think I won that one too, and I lost a split decision instead. But the Dao and Young is definitely uh, they they did me dirty. Not the the, the judges, not not yep. the UFC did me dirty. Uh, your second fight back, uh, middleweight. I remember when you, we were talking before Marquez. You admitted the weight cut's not fun, but you just the guys are too big at two five. So do you think middleweight is your natural weight class then? Yeah, yeah. I, I might go up to two five again if they ever need me to go to seventy. I really don't want to, but the UFC asks. I've never said no before. Uh, but middleweight is. I, I'm a big middleweight. I'm, I'm happy to be big. Your opponent, how much do you know about Wellington Terman? 
I, I don't know where he's from. I think Brazil, but his yeah. name is Wellington. And so I keep saying, yeah, I'm fighting this British Brazilian guy. Uh, so, you know, I've seen his fights. Uh, he's a stud. He's got some good jiu-jitsu, some strong wrestling. He's very explosive. Um, but he's got, he's got some weaknesses, too, I'm hoping to pick up on. His last two fights, he got knocked out in the first round. He's, he's, he's like a guy where if he can't get to the fight down the ground, like there's a lot of holes striking-wise. Is that kind of what you see is you think you might be able to catch him? Kind of, except every time he gets knocked out, he's on the ground when he gets knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> like, he gets the takedown, and then I, then he gets knocked out. Um, but, uh, no, you know what? I, I hit hard. I'm sure he's aware of that. I'm sure they're practicing right this very second and not getting hit by me. But uh, I, I got to make sure that come fight day, I, I touch him. A bit disappointed you're just on one of the cards of the Apex. They are having fans in there, but obviously not as much as there would be in a pay-per-view event. Yeah, I, I hate the Apex. Uh, the, the cage is so small. I mean, I like fighting in front of people, and that's, you know, not in the Apex either. But the cage is so small. There's the pay-per-view sized cage. There's the fight night sized cage. And then smaller than that is uh, the Apex cage. And I, that, I, I, I wasn't ready for that going into my last fight. I, I'm ready for it now, though. I saw on social media too, you are kind of been away from your family for a while because you're they're out in I think Nashville's and you're out in California. Like what's that kind of been like not seeing them in a while? I'm just bored. I've got five kids and a beautiful wife that likes doing stuff. Now I get to go home and I talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> not that you're not great, but I but, my kids. it's been a yeah, month and a half. It'll be two months since since I see them. Uh next time I really get to see them. And um, it's just, I, I'm bored. I, I'm, I'm ready. For, I wanted to fight, you know, three weeks ago. And now it's uh, two two or three weeks from now. Uh, definitely not as good as your wife and kids. I can <laughs> probably attest to that. But uh, this fight, like, how much pressure is on you? Or is it the fact that you've already kind of dealt with this the past two fights where you think you're fighting for your job that it's just another fight now? You know, even the last ones were just another fight. It's I. It's whether it's for my job or for something else. It's I have to win. I need to provide for my family, and so the pressure's there. But it's never affected the way I fight. It's never affected the way I performed before. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to just getting out there and, and getting getting my career straightened out. How do you see yourself getting your hand raised? Uh, it'll probably be my right hand that goes up. I think I'm going to be blue corner, so I'm usually on yeah. first left shoulder, and it's, it'll be my right hand. Is this a fight? I, most of your fights, you get the knockout. Is this something similar you think here? Uh, yeah. If I can submit him, I'll submit him. If I can knock him out, I'll knock him out. If, if um, I, The one thing I guarantee is it, it's going to be great. I won the bonus in my last fight, and that bonus money is just it's intoxicating. I mean, it is like... I, I need that again to go from winning what you're going to win to getting an extra $50,000. Just incredible. Uh, no Mark Goddard refing, I assume. No Mark Goddard refing. Uh, I, I don't know that they're going to ever try and give them to me again, but I'm prepared to say no thank you. Uh, what do you think a win over Wellington does for you? Is it more just get back in the win column and start? Yeah, speaking? you know what it does more than anything else. It puts me in the win column. It puts me in the, the opportunity to fight for the UFC again. And uh, I think I'm two or three wins away from being secure in my in my career uh, and with the UFC. But uh, th this next win gets me in the win column, and I'm looking forward to, to just starting that train rolling. You get your hand raised here. Like, are you hoping for a quick turnaround? You're a guy that I know likes to be active. Are you going to spend the time with the family and kind of take a couple months off? Uh, yeah. 
You know, I, I am a guy that likes to fight a lot, but I, I am, I've been in camp for like 16 weeks now. Yeah. Like, I'm so sick of this. <laughs> but I really do want to just go hang out in Tennessee for a little bit. Uh, it's my new home that I haven't even seen yet. Uh, my, my dad is out there helping my wife build it or repair it anyways. And I'm supposed to be there doing the same thing, but uh, the, the fight, the fight fate didn't uh, didn't line up for me. Are you hoping no matter what happens, your next fight put put yourself on a pay per view so you can be in front of that sold out crowd? Oh, I I hope that just people in the world just get sick of abiding by the CDC rules and just start doing what everybody knows should be done. So whether whether it's in front of a paper you know pay per view or. Uh, a smaller fight and that kind of thing. Put the fans back in. Uh, yeah, put the fans back in. How much does that change you fighting? Like, do you kind of, do you think that impacts fighters and fighting in front of no crowd or with the crowd? Because obviously when you land a big punch, you heard them. Like, you hear the crowd kind of give you that energy. Uh, I love fighting in front of the crowd, but I don't know that it affects my fighting all that much. Uh, I just, I like doing it because without the fans, I don't have a job. It's without impressing them without, I like giving back to them however I can. Uh, and, and it's just, it's unfortunate when, when they can't be there to, to watch what they love watching. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to being able to, to perform for them again. Do you really have anyone in mind of who you want to fight next? Or is it more just whoever the UFC offers and if there's a short notice fight that uh, comes up? I, I'll have a call out. I, I really did like that fight I was supposed to have instead of Marquez. I was supposed to fight Zach Cummings. I like that matchup. I hope he's all right. I didn't hear how his doctors and all that went. Uh, but he seemed like just a great guy. He's got a great team. And it's a fight I think I, I'd really enjoy having. Hey, 205, is that still not out of the picture? Like that's something you'll just be bouncing back between 205 and 185? I, I, I'm a guy. If the UFC needs me at 205, if there's a last-minute fallout, you know, if if uh, Teixeira gets hurt and they need me to fight Jan, I said, all right, I'll take one for the team and I'll go up and uh, I'll win that title. Uh, your wake up to 185, like, do you mostly do it all on fight week or do you start dieting down like now or, or how do you kind of go about it? I, I, I walk around 230-ish most of the time between camps. I'll get to about 230. Um, so I, I really, I can't do all that Week, yep. of, week of, I'll do 15, uh, 15 to 25, somewhere in there, depending on the fight camp. This one should be pretty easy because I've had forever to cut it uh, now, now that uh, my fight got pushed back. But, um, yeah, it's it's something I've done so many times, I'm just ready to do it again. Just a couple more things. Cutting all that weight, what's the first meal that you're going to eat after the, after the fight? After the fight cereal. It's, I'm going to have cereal. Uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be my immediate go-to. Um, and I'll have boxes of it. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Captain Crunch, uh, Golden Grams, love it all. Is your wife coming down for the fight? Is she going to be in a corner again? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's only missed the one because of uh, COVID, yeah. but uh, she, she'll be there every time. Uh, just last thing I want to talk to you about is Sean Strickland. I know you work a lot with him. What was that like to see? That was a dominant performance over your eye hall. Yeah, you know, it makes me feel great about myself because I, I it, when I do five rounds with him, I do a little better than your eye did. Uh, but uh, it, it's, I'm so proud of him. He, he works, I mean, he works as hard as anyone I've ever seen. And to have him, you know, be able to show off like that is just incredible. And plus, he's going to be the, the middleweight champion. It's, he's going to be there, I'm going to say, by 20, 2022, he's the champion. I think, I, I, I honestly think the only one in the division that gives him a hard time is uh, Alessandra. Hey, and he's rumored to be fighting Luke Rockhold, which is a massive fight for him. And I think that's a fight that, 
Sean probably wins and probably wins by knockout. Yeah, yeah, Sean Sean toys with him, I think. Uh, and I like Luke. He, good good fighter. I've met him once or twice. Good good guy. But uh it's you know, it, in Sean's post fight interview, they were asking about him fighting um who's the, who's the other middleweight that talks a lot when he fights? Uh, oh, Kevin Holland. Holland. Say, hey, well, you know, you guys talk a lot of we and Sean said, you know, I'm on a five fight winning streak. He's on a two fight skid. I, I mean, I'm fine with fighting anyone, but I probably shouldn't fight that guy. And then Luke Rockhold gets brought up, who's on a three or four fight skid, I think. And uh, Sean says, yeah, let's do it. Because Sean knows it's an easy paycheck. Knows it's like, I only kind of have to train for that one. <laughs> What's it like working with him? Because he's a guy like in all his fights, he just keeps coming forward. He gets hit and he'll just keep marching forward with that boxing. And like, it doesn't look like he gets tired. Like I assume it's probably a pain to train with. Oh, he's exhausting. He is. I mean, it is my hardest rounds going with him, which is why I love going with him. Uh, when I know I can go five rounds with him, I can go five rounds with anyone. And it's hard to get to five rounds with him. He's got so much volume. And just last thing is with Sean, like, do you think a lot of people are kind of overlooking him and not thinking he's that serious contender? Do you think that last fight kind of proved that he's a top guy? Uh, I, I think people are overlooking him. He, he's a, here's a, my pig needed to go out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he, he's the guy people are overlooking him because he's not getting the that incredible finish on Uriah Hall. Had he finished Uriah in the fourth, I think people would give him a lot more respect right now. But uh, because it went to a decision, I think uh, people are, aren't quite sold on him. But uh, they, they don't know how good he is. Uh, I mean, I, I followed him around. and uh, Although if he and I were to ever fight, I'd knock him out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen the way he plays with everybody else. And pure boxing, like I think he has the best, like just pure boxing in the middleweight division. And then his ground game is so underrated; like it's hard to take for him to get taken down. Yeah, he doesn't get taken down, and there's not a person on the planet with a with a better top pressure than him. And, and it's funny because his top pressure is he doesn't want to submit you. He he calls it the coward's way out. Uh, he wants to make you hurt. Like if he'll. I, if ever he gets me down, which I think he's probably happened once. Uh, I, I mean, he's doing his hammer fists and stuff from the back. And uh, I'll give him the neck because I'm sick of being here. Just take it. And he won't freaking take it. He cross faces instead so he can get on mount and then he can hit me more. Like, just, oh, I'll tap. Just let me go. <laughs> All right. Well, Sam, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks for doing this. Oh, you're very welcome, my friend. All right. We're joined by... Uh, tough 29 finale, middleweight Brian Battle. Brian, how's it going, man? It's going well, man. You know, it's a beautiful day outside. Uh, I'm getting ready to go to war uh, next Saturday. So, you know, it's a good time to be alive. You know what I mean? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Like, we're eight days out from your fight. Like, what's it like thinking you're eight days away from your UFC debut and possibly becoming the next Ultimate Fighter? Um. Well, uh, I want to take the possibly out of there. I'm going to become yeah. the next. Um, ultimate fighter at 185 pounds, but um, it's 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 weird. I mean, you know, I've had enough fights um, that at this point it's really uh, it'll start setting in when I get get to Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, I'm just preparing. I'm just doing all the work. I'm just doing all the the the, the gritty stuff. And uh, when I get to Vegas, it'll really start setting in the the magnitude of um, what I'm about to get into. But uh, right now, you know, I'm still in North Carolina. I'm still at my apartment, still driving my regular car. So nothing's really changed over here. It's just work over here, you know. 
Have you been getting noticed net more since like the show aired? Um, yeah, after the first episode, um, people, I, I, I would have said I was an F level celebrity, friends and family only. You know what I'm saying? Like people who had known me in the past, they were really excited to know me now. But after the second episode, that's when people who I didn't know would like come up to me and they'd be like, oh, are you are you on the Ultimate Fighter? Are you Brian Battle? I was like, yeah, dude, I am Brian Battle. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, for the most part, um, it's been pretty chill. You know, if I go to like uh, one of my teammates fights or something where there's a lot of MMA fans, then it is like I feel like you know, I was on Jersey Shore or something like that, you know, feel like I was on like a really big time reality TV show. But no, it's cool. It's cool, though. I know you guys filmed like, when is it like April or May ish around there? But like, so how hard has it been for you not able to tell everyone that you were in the finals? <sighs> and, you know, it's funny because it's literally when you say not tell everyone, it's literally everyone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the first thing people do when they see you is they're like, yo, what happened? What are you, did you win? Like what's going on? It's like, well, man, I don't know. You have to watch the show. And you know, people, it was bad because people got their feelings hurt. You know what I'm saying? People were like, I thought we were friends, man. You know, like I would tell you, I'm like, bro, I'm legally obligated not to tell you. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say, but um, no, it was hard because, you know, especially, you know, you, you, you know, you kind of want to come home and do your victory lap. You know, you kind of want to come home and be like, yeah, I'm going to be in the finale, but you know, you got to, and well, and it really paid off too. Cause when my second fight aired, um, you know, people, people had a good feeling just because of the vibes I was putting that out. And the fact that I was having a fight party to watch this fight, like people were kind of like, well, I don't think he'd have a fight party if he was going to lose the fight. But the fact that they didn't know for a fact just made it all the more, um, like, uh, all the more crazy when I did hit the submission and then the whole place went like crazy. So, um, it's been hard, but it's definitely worth it, you know, seeing people's reactions when they see the stuff happen, play out, uh, how it's supposed to be. And I know, like, Dana White announced like the day after the fight aired that Trey Sean was out of the fight. Is that something you've known for quite a while or is, did you find out like when everyone else found out? I knew the day before everyone else figured out. Oh, so you didn't even get that much notice. No, 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 not at all. And um, I'm going to sound like a broken record at this point, but this isn't, this is, it's like, it's weird. This fight with me and Trey is almost like a jinxed fight. Like we're, we've, like he's he's from South Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. There was several times on the regional scene we were supposed to fight each other, and um, I was really looking forward to it. You know, he was talking cash money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I was looking forward to getting in there, and you know, you know, seeing if he could back up all the stuff that he was saying. But you know, I guess you know maybe we'll fight again in the future. I don't know, um, but. I'm not too is the fact that he's out. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Gilbert Urbina, like how much did you get to work with him? Uh, Cause you guys, I assume you probably know him pretty well just from spending that couple weeks at the ultimate fighter together and being on the same team. Um, dude, Gilbert's a cool dude too, man. You know what I'm saying? Gilbert, Gilbert's good people. Um, and Obviously, you know, we did work together. We did train together, but we didn't 
mainly I spend most of my time um, training with Ryder primarily um, in the during, over the course of the show, just because of you know matchups and game planning for certain people. You know, we needed certain looks, so the bulk of my time was spent with Ryder. Um, um, yeah, with Gilbert, I, I think it does since it is a short notice fight. It kind of is a benefit to both of us that we've both worked with each other before. So we kind of don't necessarily, you know, you don't have to watch tape to figure out what all this person is going to do. You kind of have an idea already in your head. This is the most familiar I've ever been with an opponent before I fought him. And, you know, I only have 10 days notice. So, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. You know what I'm saying? A blessing that, you know, I have an idea what he's going to do, but also a curse that he knows he has an idea of what I'm going to do. So, how do you see yourself getting your hand raised? Because you ha- you're very dynamic. You have that knock power, and you have that underrated ground game, which you kind of showed off in your last fight. Yeah, man. Um, it, it, it's it's the striking, it's it's the grappling, um, it's the composure, and it's the pace. You know, I think my pace is um, really going to give um, a lot of guys really really big problems. Um, and especially in this particular fight, you know, um, I know Gilbert, he's been training, he's been working hard, um, but he hasn't been in fight camp. And so if you haven't been in fight camp, I just have a really hard time believing that you'll be able to keep my pace. So um, I'm going to be looking for, I see the first round being extremely competitive, um, but then I see me taking over towards the end of the first round and getting a finish somewhere in the second. What would it mean for you to be like to win this whole show and earn that UFC contract? Man, I mean, you're just talking about validation, you know, you're talking about, you know, something you dreamed about forever becoming a reality, you know, Um, and, you know, just to be in the UFC is a dream, but to start my UFC journey as the ultimate fighter, you know, I mean, like Forrest Griffin was one of my favorite fighters forever, you know, to, to, to have a similar path as him, you know, there, there's a, a ton of guys, you know, there's a ton of guys who've gone on the ultimate fighter and have gone on to not do anything, but there's a bunch of guys who've gone on and become world champions and legends of the sport. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just trying to, to, I, I, I'm looking to win the title and to carry that momentum into my professional career entering the UFC. You get your Andres next Saturday. Like, are you hoping a quick turnaround? But I, again, I don't think a lot of people realize like you fought twice in like three, four weeks. Like it, you've already fought like four times this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I fought, <laughs> I fought several times this year. And, um, you know, this whole process has been kind of going on since January. So it's a little exhausting. Um, but with that said, I would want, I would want to fight one more time before the end of the year, at least one more time. Um, because, you know, it's uh, unless I get, you know, seriously injured or, you know, something in this fight, you know, um, this is the healthiest I've ever felt in my entire career. I feel big. I feel strong. I feel fast. I feel technical. I want to just keep the keep the momentum rolling. Um, you know, I don't want to kill myself. So I would like to take a, a little bit of a break. But, um, yeah, after after getting the W this Saturday, one more fight before the end of the year would be awesome. Uh, do you think if you win – UFC is going to book you versus Trayshawn like down the line once he's healthy, just because you guys are supposed to fight in the finale. I mean, yo, if the UFC wants to do that, you know, they can do that. And, and Trayshawn, 
if he wants to, you know, enter the UFC and have his first fight being L, then he can take that fight. You know what I'm saying? But to me, uh, that Treshawn more or less, you know, uh, if we fight each other, then it is what it is, but that's not something I'm going to waste my time thinking about right now. You know what I'm saying? Right now, my full focus is on Gilbert Urbina, you know what I'm saying? Because he's a threat, he's a dangerous guy, and he's the one I'm fighting right now. What was it like for you guys in the show? Because it started out Ortega winning the first four fights. Like, they were talking all that stuff, and then you guys just went on that run. Now it's all four Volkanovski guys in the finale. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, that was, man, that was, um, cause then not only did they win the first four fights, but, um, and I'll say this, the fighters weren't that bad. The fighters, the fighters, everyone in the house are pretty cool. The coaches were being kind of dickhead. So, um, so after those first four fights, you know, me and the boys, we got together and we're like, yo, we're we need to like just run the table and get all these Ortega guys out of here because we don't even want to see them in the finale. We don't want to see, I don't want to have to see Ortega's coaches at the finale, you know, screw those guys. Uh, and so, you know, and we did, we won seven out of the next eight fights. Um, and now with Trey getting hurt, you know, um, it's an all team Volk finale, which is, you know, it's cool too, because Volk really put a lot of effort and energy into us. He was very, you know, professional, like, um, you know, there's that big joke about Ortega coming in late uh, all the time. Well, what they don't show is that Volk, not only was he on time for us, but he was usually early. Like, they usually were, like, practicing and training before we even got there. And so it's just the example that he showed, the energy that he put into us. Um, you know, I think it's fitting that he has all four guys in the finale. I actually heard from a few different people that Ortega's like lateness was worse than what they showed on TV. Like, it, like it, I think they tried to make it what it wasn't as bad as what it was. No, bro, I'm talking like, like we're cutting weight, we're cutting weight. And, um, you know, he'd show up late to the weigh-ins every once in a while. Now, um, with that being said, you know, uh, Ortega, you know, he has his moments, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. He, he really came through on the coach's challenge, yeah. you know, you know, so, you know, I don't want to just sit here and talk bad about the guy, but you know, the facts are the facts. He was late as a mug. Like there was a lot of times where we were like pulling out, you know, the Volk fan was pulling out and going back home and we would see them pulling in. And if you knew like how like goofy that would be to like see one of the coaches pulling in as we were pulling out, then yeah it's just uh and then yeah like because of that or team ortega they spent a lot more time at the apex center than we did so we got to like come home and like you know eat and you know chill out a little bit more get probably a little bit more recovery you know all of our workouts were more supervised we weren't really like just doing whatever we want so you know that probably helped with prevent injury prevention and everything like that so i don't know um, I wasn't in their practices, so I shouldn't really say a whole lot, but I, I definitely appreciated Volk's approach to it as opposed to Ortega's approach to it. Uh, just a couple more things. Like, what was that kind of a whole experience like where you're living like in the same house with guys you're about to fight? Like, it must be pretty weird. Dude, it was uh, the most wild experience. Uh, it's just it, like, because it's just so counterintuitive to like what you normally think. Like, for me, like, I'm one of those people where, you know, when I go to fight someone, 
Like I, I look for billboard material. I'm like, that person signed a contract to fight me. They think I'm a punk. They they're coming to beat me up. You know, I'm making up all this stuff in my head. Um, and then you're in the house and you get picked to fight the guy. You're like, dang, this guy didn't even pick to fight me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, he's a really nice guy. He's got a family over in Massachusetts. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, you know, the, before my first fight with, uh, I'd say, all right, so just to give like a, an example, before my first fight with um, Kemron, you know, after the weigh-ins, he had made this really nice Turkish uh, meal. And I came over and I was like, wow, that smells good. He was like, yeah, man, you want some? And I was just like, that is so odd for, you know, the person you're fighting to be offering you some food that they cooked the day before you fight each other. And then uh, comparatively, after we fought, I came back through the game room and um, he was he was sitting there and he was looking at that UFC kind of poster they had with all the, the tough winners in the, the game area. And um, it was just kind of like, you know, it kind of like is a mood killer. You know what I'm saying? You're trying, you're trying to feel good after the fight, you know, your dream gets extended, you know, you get to chase your dream a little bit more, but then you're still stuck with the person whose dream you just took, you know what I'm saying? Whose dream kind of came to, you know, a temporary dead end for at least the length of the show um, until they got back home and got to um, reattack things. So um, it was weird. It was definitely, that was one of the weirder dynamics of it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever experience anything like that ever again. Is there anything on the show that you wish they would have shown? Like just something that happened off the top of your mind that you can think of? 110%. Me and Ryder streak through the apex. <laughs> I need to I need to know where that footage is. I know they got it on tape. I think we're the first people to ever streak through the apex. Where is that footage, ESPN? Why didn't it not make ESPN? I told my parents I was naked on TV because I was trying to beat uh, ESPN to the punch, but it never even showed up. I never had to tell my mom that I got naked on TV. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a bummer. But, you know, there's a lot of things that they didn't show that um, I thought would have been kind of cool. But maybe I'm just sentimental. Maybe people wouldn't have cared about it as much as I care about it. But uh, Are you in, still in contact with Volk and the coaches ahead of this fight? Man, um, yeah, that's just that just goes to say about how – much more like exceptional like like these these are genuinely like exceptional guys who really care about us i mean they have um if i reach out to any one of them asking a question they'll they'll still answer my question you know what i'm saying they'll 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 get back at, uh they'll get back to me you know the whole coaching staff um you know they didn't like just get off the show and start big timing us no they really are um you know, still here for us, still uh, giving us advice and, you know, sometimes reaching out themselves, just giving us words of encouragement. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, any chance I get, I got to, you know, Volk gets all the love and Volk is amazing. Um, but, you know, I, if it wasn't for Uncle Joe, you know, Big Wood, uh, Carolina Reaper Frank, you know, uh, striking coach, young Colby Thickness, uh, you know, obviously the pound for pound, grappling uh number one get dude craig jones you know all the whole coaching staff was awesome they're still awesome i can't wait to see those guys again uh yeah man uh just last question like are you staying in contact with a lot of your teammates or just people that you met in the house like plans to go train with them in the future any of that 
Yeah, man. As much because I'll, I'll be honest, like I'm I'm terrible at communicating. Like uh, that's not one of my strong suits. Um, you know, I was homeschooled growing up, so you know, uh, it, you know, I was homeschooled growing up, and like the demand to talk to me has never been like huge my entire life. Now it's like there's way more people for me to talk to and communicate with. So it's all stuff that I'm still trying to get used to. Um, but no, absolutely. My teammates, uh, when, uh, we go out to Vegas, I already, you know, hit up Ryder, um, Ludwig's out in Vegas. Um, I got Ludwig, you know, uh, ready to go with one of my teammates that I'm taking out there with me. Um, you know, Brady, Ricky. Yeah, no, we all, we all still keep in contact, like nothing crazy. It's not like we're messaging, yeah. messaging each other every day, but you know, every once in a while we still all holler at each other, you know, maybe share a meme or something, you know, make a funny joke. <laughs> Well, Brian, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For them. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're joined by now UFC middleweight Andre Petrovsky. Andre, how's it going, man? What's up, Cole? Uh, when did you – I just want to first ask, like, when did you kind of find out with this fight? Because it kind of got announced like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Like, did you get more notice than that? No, it was announced a couple days ago. Honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe like a week ago, yeah. Yeah, so I think it was like 11 days. How far are we out we out now? We're, five. what, six days out, five days out. Okay, we're five days out. Yeah, I found out at, at like 10 days. And were you like, what kind of went through your head when you got the call that you'd be fighting in the UFC? I was excited. I was ecstatic. I didn't think I was going to get on the finale, to be honest. Yeah, what's kind of weird is you are the only other fight from Tough that got to the finale. It's so like, what? why do you kind of think you and Michael were that? Like, Do you guys think you just impressed Dana that much that you two were going to be on the show and none of the other bandweights and none of the other middleweights got on? Yeah, I mean, well, Urbina was would be the other guy. Yeah. I hate to play devil's advocate, but... Uh... Yeah, Urbina, obviously, is in the finale now, even though he lost. But, um, no, like, I think that I – I mean, obviously, I was dominating the first round of that fight, my semifinal. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was uh, politicking for the rematch for the finale. But they wanted to do me and Gilmore instead, and I was fine with that. I think that they were um, – they took note to the fact that uh, Mike kind of showed up on the show, quit his job, made all these sacrifices to save that episode, and they felt like they owed it to him. You know, they wanted to, to pay that back. Uh, how much did you get a train with Michael during your time at Tough? Um, a decent amount. You know, he was there like the last three or four weeks. So, um, yeah, I trained with him a decent amount. He was like one of my main training partners. Because uh, a lot of the, of the other guys were either cutting weight or hurt. Uh, how do you kind of see this fight playing out? Because to me, I think this is a fight that's kind of tailor-made for you where you can get them down and, and kind of show off your ground game. Yeah, for sure. I think that I have a um, – I think where there's a big difference between our, our ground games. And um, I don't know. I'd like to keep it standing, you know, get, get, uh, get some stand-up experience. But um, – I think that once it hits the ground, I think that uh, you'll see that, you know, the momentum will be heavily in my favor. 
being on the main card of this too, like on ESPN, like what's that kind of like for you making your debut main card, like a pretty big card too, like with the main event, it's going to have some big eyeballs on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of could tell that, uh, that they liked me just because when you watch like the episodes, um, I got like a lot of like camera time. So I could tell that they liked me and then, but to see like the spot I was at on the card was kind of cool you know to see like that's a really good spot right before kevin lee yeah so um yeah i was excited you get the stoppage win here like i kind of think you'll get either tk or submission win like are you kind of hoping get another quick turnaround are you hoping take the rest of the year off because i know your record says this would be your only fight this year but you fight a lot on tough which doesn't count really on the pro record yeah yeah, no, I mean, look, this is kind of how I make a living, so um, yeah. I fight as often as possible. That uh, The tough finale, like, how do you kind of see that one playing out? Because I think uh, Brian's probably going to win it. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like at this point, just based on, like, you know, the two semifinal fights. Um, I think that um, Gilbert could make it competitive, early on um i don't know if gilbert's gonna be trying to take brian down or not so i think that like if they stand for a while um you know brian might might do you know might pull ahead on the uh in the stand-up but i don't know if Gil- gilbert's gonna try to take him down or not i would assume so um is that a fight you'd like to get back in the ufc you versus brian yeah, I try. We tried to get it. I, um, I kind of, you know, I don't know what happened as far as in the matchup negotiations and the matchmaking, but um, yeah, that was the fight I want. I, look, obviously, I, I dominated the first round. Um, I think that I made a, a couple mistakes, but I think that anyone that watches that fight would say, you know, it's pretty obvious who was the better fighter. I was disappointed Trey had to pull out because I was really high on him. I thought he would have won the whole thing when it was him versus Brian. Yeah. Oh, with the show, like, what was it kind of like watching it back and seeing yourself on TV? Because you never know how they're going to portray you when it's filming. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that um, to a point you got to just kind of just say, fuck it, like whatever. Yeah, whatever they want to portray you know there's nothing you can do about it now it's already ha- all happened i would definitely uh, be pissed if i was miles but i mean he yeah. kind of himself. Uh, something i did want to ask you about because i talked to brian and i talked to a couple people on the show and they were making out like ortega was like super late and it cause was kind of getting on everyone's nerve like from your perspective being on his team like was it as bad as a tv show show that him beat that late or was it kind of over shown so the thing that uh, those guys need to realize, and it's like, it seems like everyone that's complaining is from Volkanovsky's team. Yeah. And the thing is like, look, what, what do you got better to do? You're going to go sit in the house that we're in all day anyway. So like, might as well get out of the house for an extra 45 minutes to an hour anyway. You know what I mean? If we get an extra 45 minutes to get ready for practice, what do you care? You know what I mean? You got nowhere else to be. What do you got to get home to do what? Yeah. Like, there's nothing to do. What are you going to do? It, what kind of was the experience like? Because 
it only shows like an hour a week. It shows that you guys all just training, but there's a lot of downtime at the house where there's you can't watch TV, you can't go on your phone, like you can't really do a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't like it was definitely a little clicky. Like th there was definitely groups like within the Volkanovsky team, and certain people naturally hang out with certain people, you know. Um, not much to do though. Like I would play chess with Josh all the time or we'd sit out by the pool a lot. But besides that, yeah, man. Uh, just a couple more things. Like what was that? Like, what's it like for you as a fighter, just having to live in the same house with the guy you're about to fight? Like you kind of hear all their stories. Like you can eat meals like right beside and then you got to go fight them like a couple days later. Yeah. It was definitely harder on uh, some people than others. I, I like, I wrestled in college. So, you know, our roommates, we wrestle each other, you know, have wrestle-offs with each other, compete against each other. That that was kind of normal to me. Uh, just last thing, like, what's that going to be like when you make the walk to the Octagon? Like, what are kind of the emotions going to be like for you? Well, it's at the Apex again, so it'll be my third time making that walk. At the yeah. Apex. And I, I like the Apex. I prefer fans, but um, but I did like the Apex. I felt really comfortable at the apex. So, I, I mean, I think it'll be a little different because it's actually like a UFC fight. But to be honest, it's, it really is just another fight. Oh, actually, just one more. Like, I know you can't say anything about tough. Like, how hard was it when people, I assume a lot of your friends, family were all asking about how, when, like, are you going to be in the finale and all that stuff? You can't really say anything. Yeah, it was definitely tough. Uh, it's just I was ready for it to be over by the end of it because before my semifinal, all my friends and family like, oh, you're going to kill this kid. You're way better, blah, blah, blah. Should we book our flight for Vegas? Like, I want to book the flight. Should I book it now? And I'm like, I can't tell you that. It was just like constantly like, yeah. All right. Well, Andre, though, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cole.